Welcome to Just Life, where we share our life experiences and lessons to make your life easier. We are on a mission to become the best versions of ourselves, and if you're trying to do the same, you're in the right place. Let's talk about life. Welcome back to Just Life. This is Cicely, and I'm here with Lou, and today, for the first episode of 2023, we have a very special guest, Alex Wolf. Hello. So, Alex, um, just give us a little background about you. Tell us about yourself and how we know you. Um, so I was born November 5th, 1998. No, we're not going to start there. <laughs> that's a long, that's a, that's like a, a long, long time story. ago. That's uh, a long story. Dude, are you calling me old already? Yes, indeed um, I'm calling you old. Okay. Um, so I was pr- graduated from IUN in uh, May of 2022. Um, I was kind of like a founder, co-founder of Red Hawk Media. Um, me, Sicily, and like Pat, Dr. Patrick Johnson and David Bork, we all came together. It kind of like took what used to be like Red Hawk Sports Network and then turned it into what we have today. So, so I graduated back in May. Uh, since then, life after college, it's been a bunch of up and downs. Uh, moved to Indy, uh, had a job down there was doing pretty decent. I won't get into too much detail about why I had to leave there. You guys already know, but um, back at home in uh, good old DeMott, Indiana. And, oh, sorry. Alex is texting me. I heard the vibration on the thing. It's all good. (laughs) And, um, yeah, now I'm working over at Great News Life out of Valpo, doing sports photography uh, for high schools all around the region. Is there anything else? No, I think you covered it. Um, Yeah, me and you were like the only two members in the time, and we really did like the rebrand. The Mm -hmm. so I don't think I would be who I am today if it weren't for you. And I don't know if you know this, but you were my first friend at IUN at soccer. Yeah. Oh wow. So you're very special to have on this podcast. Thank you. And I feel like I haven't known you known you for a long time but i've known you if you know what i mean like seeing you always around like you were the guy who took pictures so Mm -hmm. always seeing i remember uh before we even spoke any words to each other i was uh shooting pics for the basketball games and i saw you out there balling and i'm like he's kind of a hooper he's kind of a hooper and then we confirmed that with uh the space cowboys intramural basketball (laughs) league you were the mvp Man, great times, though, man. It was great to join the club and get to know you more, obviously, just because, like, I just knew you as, like, the picture guy, and that's really it. But getting that chance to, like, be a part of the club and being felt welcomed by, like, you and Cicely was definitely a big part of just me still being at IUN, first of all, and second of all, trying to kind of find myself and where I want to be, so... I feel like you being a part of the founding of Rayhawk Media is a very big deal because that's the foundation of what a lot of us have now, and it's very important to all of us, obviously. Like, I mean, you just being here today, you've seen how much the studio has changed and how we have way more new members and we're trying to do more. This podcast exists because of that, too. So mm-hmm. a lot of things come just from that, you wanting to be a part of the media club. Yeah, and I'm thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful, grateful that I was able to bring you into this and that we're able to all be friends. Like that was one of my kind of unspoken values that I wanted about this place is that everybody 
who probably have similar interests, whether it's in media or like, you know, people like superheroes or like Alex or um, just like people from different backgrounds can come together in one place and like collaborate, be friends with each other, feel welcome and feel like they have a home. When I started college, I didn't have that. I, I started off going to college down in Vincennes for one semester. I, didn't, I felt so out of place. I didn't feel welcome by anybody. Then I had to transfer because I, I was so homesick. I was like depressed down there. So I wanted to come back home and then came back to school here, failed all my classes. I was like, dude, I don't even know if I'm probably going to drop out. Kept going, but I still didn't have any like friends, like core friends that I wanted to like be around or anything. Then I had one buddy, uh, you remember Steve, Steve Schmidt. Um, he was like, hey, I'm a broadcaster for the sports games over here. So I was like, okay, maybe I, he, he wanted me to shoot photos because he's seen my stuff. So I did it, and then I was like, this is pretty good, but it could be better. But then we had some drama, uh, leadership changes, role changes and everything, and just kind of like fell through. And COVID, that all happened. We all, we all know. But then to finally um, have a group of people that I like, that I feel like are great for this club, to be in one place all together now is just awesome. It, it it makes me feel like I helped create something and like left my mark somewhere. So that's like the one of the best feelings ever, I have to say. You for sure did. And I didn't know you went to Vincennes before IUN. So did you originally go there and did you want to be a photographer or tell us a little bit about that background? Yeah, so I was originally going into the medical field that is a big 180 isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so i was taking classes in high school like med terms and physical therapy and really learning about the body and anatomy and everything so then i was like i want to be a physical therapist (laughs) uh so first semester was good actually like academically yeah i did well but it was all electives like i was taking math and english comp or whatever so it was like didn't mean much. Then second semester came along and I had to take chemistry. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've never taken chemistry in my life. Actually, I had a friend who kind of wanted to do like the physical therapist thing and he went to college for a year and he realized like, I'm basically going to school to be like a doctor. He was like, I don't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like a gym bro. So he's like, yeah. all right, what if I just try to, what if I just train people? instead and don't even think about like doing the whole school stuff just because school just wasn't for him in that way because doing things within the sciences is very hard and strenuous work it's not easy it's a lot of time it's a lot of effort i'll say this every day of the week anything in science is way harder than what i'm doing with media actually mm-hmm. what i'm doing with media is super you know creative and fun and i mean it is a lot of thought and you do have to be good at it to get somewhere but it's not like studying for like a chemistry exam or a biology exam or like yeah. a, um, there's one class people fail a lot an anatomy. That's the class yeah. I hear people fail mm-hmm. and just stop taking like stop trying to be involved in medical field in general. If they can't get past the basic anatomy class, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, that's that's one that I've heard too. It's just terrible. So, um, what was the deciding factor of transferring? You said you were homesick. Mm-hmm. Um, was that like the major cause? I think that was. Um, and also not really having like a base friend group down there. I didn't have a community. And so pretty much my routine was is like I would wake up, 
go to classes, go to the gym. I would eat. You got to eat, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, after the gym and my homework's all done, I just play video games with my friends from home. Mm. And I that was like my community. That was the people that I talked to the most out of anybody. So I was like, they, they were kind of uh, contributing factors in making me move because mm -hmm. I would talk to them, like, obviously, hey, I don't really feel like this is going well. I mean, I'm kind of lonely down here and not a lot's going right. So pretty much, yeah, that it was just like homesickness. Do you think part of that was because of the school you were at? Like Vincent's, how many students are there? It's a larger campus. It is a larger campus. Yeah. Like, do you think it would have been different if you were maybe at like Indiana, Bloomington, or Purdue, or like a like a big school, like a really big school? Like yeah. That? Yeah, probably. I think actually my intention was to transfer to IUPUI mm. after like a year or two at Vincent's, but it just felt so foreign to me. Uh, way Southern Indiana, like just kind of out there is kind of like a crackhead town. Like oh, wow. middle of nowhere type thing? I or? mean, yeah. Okay. And then it's just like town with a college in it. Mm -hmm. It was based in, Vincent's University was the first college in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So they just pretty much grew a town around it. And it's not that great. Okay. So if I was going to a place like IUB or Purdue or something else, and they had like a real culture, like especially like a sports culture around it, and yeah, I would way I would have a way better time. Yeah, probably made new friends, done a lot better in that sense. But yeah, well, I'm still good now. Yeah, I, I yeah. understand. Yeah. I guess adding to like the homesickness part too, do you think part of that was because of what you were doing too as far as like the medical field? Like, do you think that contributed to why you felt so down or like – it was good at that point and you weren't even thinking about like what you were doing as far as school was concerned because you said your grades were pretty good that first semester but that's just because they were all like prerequisites uh, mm -hmm. i wasn't even taking any medical courses yet okay i i hadn't gotten into like exercise science or kinesiology mm. uh it was all just basic math uh like i had to test into classes because i wasn't that good so I had to test into these classes and they put me in like like a algebra two or something. And then like English, English comp I did really well in. And then a speech, mm. but like, you know, I didn't even get into like the depths of the real courses of physical therapy, you know? Okay. So now that you are graduated from IUN and do you think IUN set you up to just go into the workforce? Like, did you feel prepared? No. No. <laughs> uh, well, I think this is a question, and this is a problem that we are facing, where you go to college for four years, and then all of a sudden it's over. And then you're out in the world, and you're like, oh, what do I do now? And me and Lou are coming up on graduation. We, we would love to hear some, like, insight. Mm -hmm. So... What has been like the biggest challenge? And let's start from the beginning. Like, how did it start? First, how did you get into communications from being in? Was it just a picture taking? Like, how did that even start? We'll come back to your question, but yeah, it it pretty much was um, 
being a photographer and learning it. And um, Steve Schmidt, him and all the guys that were in here before any of us, mm -hmm. they were all comm majors. And it seemed, it seemed kind of up my alley. So then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and switch. But actually, my lineage of majors went bio, pre-physical therapy, mm. business admin, and then communications with a minor in fine arts photography. Um, mm. It was just my friend's influence that I think had on me to want to switch, switch it up because I knew that photography would be better used in the field of communication. Mm. All right. Okay. All right, so back to the, like, this is the reason, like, I really wanted to hear from, like, someone who's, like, graduated and, like, thrown in the real world. Mm -hmm. Literally um, thrown. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I feel like a baby again trying to walk. <laughs> Everybody is a grown-up. Everybody is, like, much older than you, much more experienced. And it's, it's kind of strange because you're just trying to figure out what to do, how to do it, or you're learning everything. Mm. And I don't know. It's very confusing. Like you're a child again? Exactly. You know, like you're being, okay, because I know what you mean. When you're a child and you're like four or five years old, you know nothing. You're just like there and you're just looking around and learning from everybody around you. Is that mm -hmm. kind of how it feels? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it, with my job that I have now, still being a sports photographer, I'm not learning a whole lot more. I'm traveling to other places, but it's not exactly what I wanted to do. I want to be learning more, but doing it in a different place, I guess. I don't know. I, I think I, I want, get what you're saying. So, because since just being a sports photographer, I've been doing it for so long, I want to expand on that. You want to go to like the next level. I want to go to the next level. Mm. But I almost feel like... I haven't gone anywhere yet other than just to a job that pays a little bit better mm. per hour. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, let's start back, like, right after graduation. Mm -hmm. um, what did the job-looking process look like for you? Yeah, of course. So I was really on Indeed a lot, LinkedIn, pretty much the places that career services would tell you to go. They were like, uh, go here, make sure your resume looks like this and send it in, have your cover letter. Um, and so I was looking at Indeed, LinkedIn again. I was applying for places like for sales jobs, uh, looking for some PR things, maybe even internships. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a ton of interviews. Not a lot of people called back. And when I did have a callback for an interview, that was, that was my first job out of college so I jumped the gun almost I really was just like all right let's just do it let's just do it well I'll have the interviews if they seem cool yeah I'll do it but then looking back on it I feel like I should have waited mm. had some more offers built up more interview skills or talked to more people because looking back on it that job they just kind of hire anybody because they know they can train anybody well how many jobs did you apply for Ooh. That's a big number. That's honestly a big number. Really? It's got to be 30 to 50. Mm. Yes. And you got like one call back? One to three. 
Wow, that is not a good percentage. I don't, is it me? Is it me? No, it's not. Is I it don't no. think it's you. I think that's pretty normal, actually. Yeah, I honestly am not really surprised because I was in the process of looking for an internship last summer, and I applied to sixty-four internships, and I think I got like two or three callbacks. It blows me away because you have all these people telling you nowadays, like people are hiring, like people need jobs. Everybody, where? everybody, <laughs> where? I don't see it. McDonald's. <laughs> I have a bachelor degree. Well, yeah, and also I think what's changed a little bit about workplaces is since things are remote now, mm-hmm. a lot of places didn't actually get rid of people in these, like, corporate-type jobs. They just went remote mm-hmm. because they could afford to do that. But they couldn't afford to bring everybody in and have everything cleaned, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yes. And a lot of jobs still haven't went back to the office. My dad, he doesn't work in comm. He works in business. He's like, he works for a bank. He hasn't been back to the office consistently since the pandemic happened. He goes back every now and then, but most of his work is remote now. My mom, her work is remote now. Wow. So a lot of people's work now is remote. My dad had somebody um, he was working with. She changed jobs. She works for a bank in, like, L.A., and then she moved to, like, Colorado. Oh, wow. So she just works remote mm-hmm. from Colorado, even though her job is based in Los Angeles. Like, those are the kind of jobs people can have now. Mm-hmm. And when you're the person who has no experience and you don't really have a lot going on or you have minimal experience, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get a job because you're competing with people who can work from anywhere now, mm-hmm. and that changes the game. It's like you could, you know, work, you could have a better chance of getting a job if things were like they were even like five years ago where you had to go in to do the job. Now you can be hired from, like, North Carolina and work in Chicago still, which is pretty big difference, I think. I never really think of it that way. Because when I'm looking for jobs, it's just like look around like Valparaiso or mm-hmm. Maryville or Gary, whatever. I never really dove into like far out there mm-hmm. uh, remote positions. Never really thought of it it's, that way. It's becoming a bigger thing for sure. Right. People are definitely doing that now yeah. where you get a remote position and mm-hmm. you can move anywhere in the country you want to. All you have to do is t- like account for the fact that you're in a different time zone if mm-hmm. you move to a different time zone. So, yeah. I think I'm just that. so ingrained in uh showing up to the place to work mm-hmm. just grinding it out i come from a kitchen background worked in a kitchen for six years of my life then i was working construction like you show up to the job at a certain time you do the work for this ma- this amount of hours and then you go home and then you have the rest of your day what's cool with these remote jobs is that you can um s- sometimes they're lenient on your start time Maybe your day starts at your meeting at, like, 10.30 in the morning. Then you bust out your work for, like, the next, like, four to five hours. You don't even have to work a full eight hours, and you still get your salary pay. Like, that's what I think is a blessing about some of those type of jobs. Yeah, it it's can be, like, there are so many good and bad things. I think, overall, remote jobs aren't the best, not even yeah. just because of, like, job opportunities for other reasons. But we don't need to talk about that. We're talking about you, you know. Uh, well, no, it's all a part of it. It is a it part is of it. I just thought I should bring that up because I think that's a part that people don't understand as much. Mm-hmm. The pandemic definitely affected the job market in that way, especially in the field like PR, where all the work can be done from home. You yeah. can get, do all the work from home. You can make mm-hmm. the phone calls. You can have meetings over Zoom. You can do all the work as far as artistically on your computer. So mm-hmm. why you need to come to the office? There's no reason to come to the office. You know what I'm saying? Very true. There's no reason to see people. So, yeah, technology has changed the game for sure. And I wanted to, like, ask this, I guess. How do you think the pandemic affected 
your sure. college career overall and how it's hey, affected wait, you after college. Ask the question again. Oh, yeah, yeah I kind of oh. smacked the desk oh. with my watch. Okay. How do you think the pandemic affected your college career and how do you think it also affected what happened to you after college? Because I know the trajectory was different before COVID started. You probably would have had more of a traditional route to a job more mm-hmm. so, but pandemic happened, can't change it. How do you think that affected like everything? I don't really know. Honestly, it was just about um, when and where I took the classes mm. uh, through college. But post looking post college, looking for a job. I mean, that didn't. I don't know. Maybe during that time and during COVID, I could have been looking for internships, and mm-hmm. that honestly, that probably would have been the prime time to do it for me, because I would have been a junior, like my second year, junior year, uh, second semester, junior year that would be the great time to be looking for internships and everything. But like all that just got put on pause. All that was almost just canceled Mm. uh, because nobody's working. Nobody was um, hiring anything. Everybody was, you know, at home, had to be locked up. Mm. So I I guess it definitely did change the trajectory of like everything in a way. Did you have an internship? No. Okay. No, I never did. So do you regret that? Yes. Yeah. I wish I did. 100%, 100%, no matter what it was doing, um, just as long as it was in the field of uh, my major, mm-hmm. yeah, I would do it. But mm-hmm. I didn't know how to find them. Yeah, I, I understand that. Not to go on a tangent, but I think that can be part of the problem with college to some extent. You're kind of expected to know that once mm-hmm. you get there. And there's not always somebody there to explain that to you. A lot of people go four years and never have a summer internship, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's way more common than people think it is to just have somebody who goes to school four years and never has a job within their field, mm-hmm. and never has any experience. And they're wondering why they can't get a job. Most entry-level positions take two to three years of experience. And yeah. it sucks if you have none, because you're not going to get any calls back. Yeah, it, makes, not. it doesn't make any sense why it's an entry-level position. Yeah, If it's entry-level... I'm yeah. fresh out of college. I should be able to be trained for this position. They expect you to have at least one or two internships before you actually get that job. So yeah. there is this weird thing happening with college right now, I think, and there's like the shift in um, mentality about it where you go to college and then you do those four years and it's just like, well, I got a degree. What do I do with it now? And exactly. for a lot of people, yeah. it's like, well, I didn't have any internships. I have no experience in my field. Mm-hmm. They go get a job somewhere else. They go to a job mm-hmm. at a factory. They go to a job at Amazon. They go get a job at Walmart because to them, they're thinking like the job is supposed to come with it. And I don't think people understand the the amount of effort you have to put in to really get that like corporate comfy job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot more um, foundational work that has to happen before you can get to that level. It starts here, starts in your internships, it starts in your extracurricular activities and your experience that you put in from school and outside of school even. That's where it really starts. That's what makes your resume shine. That's what makes your interview shine because you tell those stories about what you've done and like how you did it. And also just knowing yourself, knowing yourself because nowadays employers are asking questions like, um, how would you, how did you handle, or like think back to a stressful situation in one of your workplaces. How did you handle yourself and those around you? Or like, those are the type of things that they're asking now. They're not asking like, uh, what type of what class did you take, how, what did you learn from this class type of thing. They they want experience. They want to see that you are a capable human being. 
Well, yeah, and when you tell those stories, you can't tell, like, I was at the bar one time. No. And, you know, you can't tell a story like that to no. an employer. You can't be like, yeah, my boy's got in a fight, and I backed him up. You know, you can't say that to an employer. You got to have mm-hmm. something concrete in, like, real world and, Literally. like, super, super specific almost. Like, that's very relevant to the situation. So did your extracurricular activities help you in your, like, in for employers? Especially with my – um first job out of college yeah because they were looking for somebody with like a photography background okay uh they knew that and also that i was like a creative because the, the position i was hired on for was a marketing coordinator digital marketing coordinator for a window company but um they were like we need to like spice up our social media and also uh have some good photos for like this program that we do where we take before and after photos of our uh, partners' homes. So that specifically, yes, that was huge for me. Though it is hard to find um, jobs outside of that realm of photography. Like if photography is not involved in it, it's hard for me to find another job based off of like other experiences that I've had because that's such a large chunk of what I what I am, what I do. Um, so like now trying to find a job and maybe sales or actually um pr maybe like yes i have a class that i took but they don't see that i took that class on my resume um so then they'll just kind of like look past me probably because since it's so niche then it's hard to get into a lot of places but when you find that right fit then it's perfect well man that is tough, but like I feel like you could leverage your experience with photography and media in a really different kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. say you were wanted to work for a company that does like, like as a social media manager, for example. I think something like that you could do that just because, I mean, you've done stuff like that before, haven't you? And mm-hmm. Like, you were experiencing editing photos and editing videos, and your experience in social media, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could definitely leverage something like that to get a, like a job, but then again, how many jobs are there out there like that all the time? Uh, you see, like I have seen, I have seen a few, like social media managers, um, like digital marketing coordinator things. Uh, they exist. They're not always out there, but I've seen them. I have applied for quite a bunch. I would say that was during mm-hmm. the time when I only got one callback. But I mean, they're out there, and yeah, I definitely could do those type of jobs. But and those jobs seem to be a little niche, almost to yeah. some extent, like super niche. Yes. Even though every company pretty much needs a social media manager, mm-hmm. usually they hire somebody with an abundance of experience. Mm-hmm. Like you had, do have a ton of experience. Don't get me wrong, but they'll hire somebody who's been doing social media stuff five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Like and somebody who's worked with professional companies before. So you don't have to talk about like the liabilities and mm-hmm. that like that comes with that. Like mm-hmm. of course, I'm pretty sure you know about like copyright laws and fair mm-hmm. use laws and things like that. Like I wouldn't say you don't know those things, but somebody who knows the business enough to know how to get around some of those things more than you probably do. And that's like that's what's so hard about being a younger person today. There's just not as much opportunity as you would think there is out here. Mm-hmm. It can be really tough. And those first couple years out of college, man, it's, it's rough, I know. Yeah, it seems like it's a very um, freelance-based type of work nowadays. Um, so it's more like entrepreneurial freelance. Like, that's the 
best way that I would be able to probably make money mm-hmm. in a way. I know it's not always about money, but you know, some we got to pay bills. We all got to pay bills. So then just being freelance work, but then that's about getting clientele, trying to like spread your brand or like make your brand like even in that direction. It's possible. It's all possible. It's just um, trying not to stress about other things and be able to focus on creating something like that. So how long were you at your first job? Uh, five months. Five months? Yeah. And how, how did you like that job? Like, So um, I don't know if, again, I was getting homesick or anything like that, but I can tell that I was just like, I was I had a lost identity or something. You've talked a lot about this, Lou, of um I don't know. It's like you're trying to find your identity, trying to find yourself really, but you just feel lost. It was almost like I was also feeling culture shocked a lot cuz you moved down to Indianapolis, right? Yeah, yeah. you were in the city. That's a big move, you know. Mm-hmm. From Demont, Indiana. Yeah, people don't know out there. Yeah. Demont, Indiana is it's a pretty small place compared to somewhere like Indianapolis. Indianapolis isn't really super huge, but it's bigger than where you're f- like way bigger. Significantly, than where you're from. yeah. There was a million people in that town when I came from a town that had. I don't even know if it has ten thousand people, mm. that type of size. So, definitely was culture shocked, but the job itself, it was kind of cool that I was working with people who were very um, education forward. They wanted to make you better. You were only there to be um, brought up, not brought down. But then they held you accountable for everything you did. This is sales. It's very competitive. So people were, um, you got your name put up on the board if you made a sale. And people knew, like, they saw, like, they, they remembered, like, if you weren't on there for the past couple weeks, you could be getting fired soon. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. So were you doing the marketing I was and doing sales? They wow. were pushing me to do both. Wow. I honestly think that was one of the main things that made me really stressed out and, like, depressed in a way. Down uh, there. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of work, man, because, like, sales already is tough, actually. Mm-hmm. Selling something to somebody isn't easy. And you were working for a window company, right? Yeah, and I would have to go kind of door-to-door we had an app that we uh had that led that kind of led you to the places that you would want to target and then you would see it and be like okay i'll go hit this door or i'll Mm -hmm. go knock this door yes so that take they want you to be out in the field until the sun goes down Mm -hmm. um they want you driving your own car all over indy and just you know but high risk, high reward type of thing. You 100% commission. Like you get a good chunk of like, I don't know, the sale. Um, But it was really stressful trying to tie all that in with uh, doing digital marketing, trying to run their social media accounts, setting up meetings with um, homeowners because I had to take their uh, home photos, but also I had to have them write reviews and also give us feedback there was a lot on my job description that was not matching my uh wage like Mm. it was it was i go out there i have to get these referrals from people if those referrals sell i make money or i go out there and i make a sale on a door which i didn't want to do because that's not the job i signed up for Mm. how were um the other co-workers 
um, were they like of your age or was it an older? It was a mix. Mix. Yeah. So I worked with a guy who was a little bit younger than me. He needed a summer job. He was still in college. Uh, I worked with a guy fresh out of high school, and he that was his first job, and he's still there. Shout out, shout out, Jace. He's my homie. Uh, but uh, there's older guys there too, like close to hitting 50, being a salesman, but they're senior level. So then they have their younger guys out in the field, juniors, uh, knocking the door, setting the appointments. Then the, when the day of appointment, the seniors go out there and then they like do the demonstration of the window and then they make the sale. And you know they get the bigger cut, of course, I guess, because they had them sign the paper. But um, mm. yeah, that's kind of how it worked. And then how did you get to your job now? Oh, moved back. <laughs> That's a short <laughs> answer. Um, I saw, I came to the seminar here at IUN, uh, the last one, the career seminar panel, whatever. They had, they had a bunch of the account executives over there. And um, my boss, my coordinator now, Ashley Spargo, I think that's her last, last name, how you say it? And uh, she works for Great News Life, and she was talking about all the things that they do, media-related, social media, and uh, they work a lot with sports. And I just kind of went up to her, and I was like, hey, I was uh, the sports photographer here for, like, the past three years. Are you guys having to look for anything in that field? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just go ahead. I'll apply, find a position on Indeed, and um, apply, and then we'll probably bring you in for an interview. Wow. So that really shows how important networking is. Networking face-to-face is huge. I have realized, yes. I've came to that conclusion, too. Like, you need a foot in the door and then network, and that's how you're going to get those jobs. Mm-hmm. It, it is huge because they get a face with a name. They get a first impression. They get, they can see, like, how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself, like, the way you communicate. That's big for employers, and espe- especially, like, in anything. Um, when I was down in Indy, I applied to be a photographer for the Colts. So I was going to their practices. I went to a couple of their practices to shoot photos, but I didn't uh, reach out, like literally just like reach out over the rail, I guess, or past the fence and be like, hey, um, do you know so-and-so? Do you know this, that? Because I knew a co- I found a couple people on Indeed. So then I, I didn't do that though. And I saw the lady that was gonna be the hiring manager. I saw her, but I just didn't do it. And I know that if I did it, I would have at least had an interview with the Colts to do that. So networking literally is a lot more important than most people might think. Mm. Yeah. Um, so at your job now, tell us like what day by day looks like. I have a lot of off time. Uh, but during like a typical work day, they had me check out the cameras while I'll drive to Valparaiso, drive to the office, and then I'll go in. It's usually after hours that I'm in there, so I got to unlock the place and everything. Uh, check out the cameras. They have these nice cameras, like brand new Canons. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. 
And then uh, from there, leave, go to the high school that they assigned me to. So we have an app called ClickUp where everything is organized. They send you your schedule, details about the job, and then they send you your upload link, what to rename the files to, yada, yada. And then figure out what school you're going to. All right, I'm in Chesterton. Okay, I was in Chesterton last night. Go to the school um, and then just kind of get in there, sign in. Usually, they usually want to press sign in. And uh, let's see, um, just start shooting, I guess. Yeah, shooting photos. Uh, sometimes I meet the athletic directors. They don't necessarily need me. They see my badge and they're like, okay, media, press, cool. And I just do my thing. I just, I'm bouncing back both sides of the court uh, between quarters and everything. And then after that, I have to get the scores and then literally get in my car open up my laptop, start importing all my photos into Lightroom, and then um, let that let that happen. Go back to Valpo, mm. drop off the camera, and then head all the way back home, work on the photos, and um, upload them, and then write like a short blurb, short like subtitle, or uh, what's that? What, a boilerplate? Boilerplate. Okay. Write a boilerplate, I think, about it, and then um, so you're upload. a photojournalist. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Not in a long form, but in a short form. Form, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'll just like write something like, the Chesterton Trojans took on the Hobart Brickies, took on the tough, or the oh, Hobart like you Brickies. write headlines. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's it's what more you of a headline, did, like a headline. Yeah, like what a sub headline is, or something like that's that. It, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, boilerplate's way too long. Yeah, boilerplates are like at the end of like press releases oh, and give all the information <laughs> about companies. I I got it confused too. I'm like, oh, headline. Okay, I know what you mean now. Like. <laughs> You take the pictures and then you almost describe what's happening to some extent. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's going on? Okay, I get what you're saying, yeah. Well, with that, like, um, what is the best part of your job? Being out on the floor, I think that's my favorite. I like um, trying to push myself to get, like, the perfect shot. So me, I'm never satisfied in a way. Mm. So I just want to get that perfect shot, like the like – the perfect like clap whenever teammates are dapping each other up or like the perfect like flick off the ball where the ball's right off the fingertip or something or like midair fills the whole frame type it, there's a lot that i really want to capture well, I, I guess t- in sport i can tell you have like that attention to detail because the picture oh, yeah. you took of me it's a nice picture that's all i'm saying i got them free so which one a lot of the pictures you take. There's taken. a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them, like, I've, perfect moments. Lou, I've gotten better. Really? Not to, not to boast or anything, but back then, I didn't think I was, looking back on it, I'm like, I wasn't that good. Now now I'm like, wow, I'm getting really good photos. and like, but, uh, uh, okay, I, I'm using a really good camera now. So. You are using, like, top-of-the-line equipment. I was using my own little camera, the thing that shot, like, now it's like, it's crazy. Well, with that, you just sound so passionate about photography. Like, whenever yeah. you talk about photography, you get way more excited to talk about anything else. <laughs> like, where do you see yourself taking photography? Um, I've always wanted to be in pro sports, sitting on the sidelines and everything like that. There, there's also another side of me, my nature side, mm. <laughs> my green side. Uh, 
I would want to just be shooting for like net geo. That's always been a dream. Me and Cicely talked about that before. I I, I remember the first time we met. Yeah. You mentioned that, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I was like, that would be like a dream job. I was, I, I don't know, or like Time Magazine. That's those have always been huge goals of mine. Like those way out there, like shoot for the moon type of thing. But you gotta have those, and then you just kind of like have little steps up to that. But I've always wanted to go into like different countries and shoot pictures of the cities or of into the wildlife, like in the Sahara Desert, taking a picture of a cheetah running like 60 miles an hour, tackling an antelope. Like, come on, that's pretty cool, in my opinion. I think it's pretty cool. Mm. Or um, actually, um, I might go to uh, an island this uh, summer or like fall and learn how to scuba dive and take underwater photography. Mm. My uncle has been on me about that a lot, and I'm really about it. So uh, that might be another step in getting there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where I really want to take it. Okay. That's where I want to take photography. That sounds crazy. I I feel like you're on the right path, though, as long as you just keep doing what you're doing. I know it's tough starting out. It's such a hard process right now. Pay isn't always great when you start out either. It can be tough, but... Once you get to that point of like I made it, you know, and I'm stable and mm-hmm. everything's good, it's like it's very rewarding. I already know it is. I mean, yeah. I'm not there. I'm broke in <laughs> in college. And yeah. Uh, speaking of pay, how did you deal with that? I know you moved down to Indianapolis, so mm-hmm. like I know that couldn't have been cheap. And then you have to budget in groceries, and mm-hmm. you were using your own gas around Indy. Mm-hmm. So how did you budget all of that? Oh, I made sure I wrote down what days my big bills came in rent electric internet car insurance uh i made sure i wrote those down so i knew when i had to have money and how much and then pretty much when it came to groceries and food i would meal prep i usually made like this sorry my watch keeps hitting the table I, i got i got a new G-Shock for my aunt. It's pretty cool. I don't mean to interrupt you. Caleb left his book bag in here. Okay, and I think I'm gonna get it. Oh, I was getting into my like meal planning. And um, are you recording? Yeah, you're good. Okay, so meal prepping, meal planning, and everything like that. I ate pretty cheaply. Uh, so like I would only eat eggs pretty much every morning. Eggs and like bread. Eggs but aren't cheap anymore. No, <laughs> no, dude, it's bad. Nine dollars the other day. I was like, "What?" Nine dollars is insane. Were you wait? Were you buying an organic? Brown? Yes, this was like yeah. organic, cage free. But the thing is, I used to pay thirty cents for eggs. For real. In like twenty nineteen, and yes. now I'm paying nine dollars. Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. I'll hook you up. We have chickens at my farm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we sell them for like maybe like two to five bucks for like hey. literally real brown eggs. Anyway, off topic. <laughs> I had this thing called a slot bucket. It's food. Um, I would make right like three servings of rice, instant rice, like two pounds of ground beef or three pounds of ground beef in it, and then a bunch of peppers, onions, um, seasonings, like maybe a tomato-based sauce or maybe just real tomatoes in there. And it's nutrient-dense. It's it's caloric-dense. It's going to keep you full, and it lasts like all week, and you have so much of it. That you can just eat it for like lunch and dinner. Do you know what that sounds like? 
That's not like struggle spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yes. what that is. Yes, it is. <laughs> we weren't living lavish down there, I'll tell you what. But we we got by. And you did you have one roommate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um man, we, that sounds tough, man. We went out to eat a few times. Uh oh man. We did things. We did do things. Uh, went to a couple Indi- uh, yeah, Indianapolis Indians baseball games. Mm. Uh, they're a minor league team through the Pirates. Uh, they were playing the Iowa Cubs that day, so like that was a big thing for me. I wore my Cubs jersey out there, and I'm like, let's go, Cubs. Like, diehard Cubs fan, whatever. Went to some good restaurants, found some really good places down there. And my favorite Mexican joint now ever is called Festiva. The best margaritas I've ever had. The first time I had birria tacos. They're not what I thought. I think they do it different than like what a bunch of other places do because I know birria they have like a dip that you can dip it in. This place didn't, hmm. but it was still phenomenal. Like had some amazing food. I've had s- really good experiences down there, and just living on my own as an adult. I've had some really good experiences. Do you ever so like I can never take that away from living down there. Yeah, but I mean, that adult life, man. How was it to finally have that, you know? Cuz we all dream of like living on our own and oh, going yeah. out and providing for ourselves. We all want that eventually. Mm-hmm. How did that feel to have that for if even if it was for Even a if it was time? temporarily, yeah. yeah. It, it and I'm still like doing it almost in a, to an extent. It was it was good. It was good being on my own, finding myself, and becoming the person that I wanted to become. Not being influenced by things of what my town are like. not And just finding new people, talking to new people, seeing new things, waking up in a completely different place every day. Every day I would wake up in a new place and look. And from my apartment on the far north side of the city, I could see like the like the big Salesforce Tower of Indy. And I see that, and I'm like, I live here now. Mm. I actually live here. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I experienced that a lot. I've lived by myself or with my boyfriend for three years now, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'd wake up and be like, wow, I live like outside of my parents' house Yeah. with my boyfriend mm-hmm. in an apartment. Like, that's crazy. It's really cool. It's it a is. good feeling. It's a great feeling, yeah. And then sometimes you get like, Oh man, I miss home. <laughs> I miss my dogs. I miss my cats. I miss my mom. You know, you're still a young adult. I, I really have those thoughts come in when like, oh, rent's due. Rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've had a few discussions with my mom about that. Like, hey, mom, <laughs> rent's coming in. I miss you. I love you. <laughs> it's all yeah. But I I think it's really important to go live on your own because that's where you find yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to spend time by yourself. You find your interests. You have to keep yourself, like, motivated almost. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important. That's, like, that real step from childhood to adulthood. It's, like, being able to live on your own, motivate yourself, get up and go every day. Somebody's not telling you what to do. And, of course, college is kind of like that, right? But 
college is so much different because there still is that pressure from your parents a lot of times about like what you should do and what you're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Once you're outside of that, once you live by yourself, oh, yeah. there's somebody nagging you about doing this and doing that. You got to nag yourself pretty much. Like, I got to do yeah. this. I got to do that. And, uh, yeah, you're living at home still. You're still under your mom's mom and dad's roof. You know, like they still have rules over you. And that doesn't end until you get out on your own and you go experience and go live by yourself. It's crazy. It was definitely a weird phenomenon moving away from mom. uh, Or like, yeah, just like I was just out there. And usually I'm used to going out into the living room and like talking to her or like she's making dinner and I come home and there's like a plate of food waiting for me or like my dog is just like greeting me at the door. Like my cats I get to cuddle with at night. Or, but then it was just like, oh, none of that's there. You're <laughs> your own human. You you realize really quickly, like, all right, I'm on survival mode for a little bit. Like, now it's time to figure it out. Like, how did my mom do it? Mm. How did my mom's mom do it? How did my dad do it? Like, because they've all had their experiences of going out onto their own, being that adult that they are now. So now it's like, I'm two hours south. They might have did it when they were kind of close to their family. I'm far out here. You can't just oh, take I a drive to your house can't anymore. Just, can't just go see my dog. Yeah, you can't. You can't just go see your mom. No. You can't. You're so far away, it doesn't mm-hmm. even make sense to do that, right? Yes. So yeah, I know that was super hard for you. What What has been the best thing about moving back to the region? Oh, just being close, close to family and friends that I know and love. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's comforting. But uh, that was part of why I wanted to go down there though is to get out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's another integral part of like finding your true potential and like finding that person that you know is inside of you but now coming back here I feel a little bit more comfortable but now I'm like in the works of not rushing anything still working on getting away from like people that I not getting away that sounds bad but giving space between people that I know like very well that I went to high school with that they're doing their own things but we're just kind of like still hanging out all the time thinking in our high school minds still Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now I'm about getting into my adult mind post-college mind and just finding that potential again without rushing it Mm -hmm. trying to level up and I'm learning this too more recently like patience Mm-hmm. Like, as a young person, it's so easy to be impatient, just want things right now, mm-hmm. like, at this moment. But you kind of feel life humbles you in a lot of ways, and you have to realize it's not going to happen now. It's mm-hmm. going to happen maybe years from now, and I have to be okay with the fact that I'm not as successful as I want to be right now. Yes. Because it takes time to get to success, actually. Success is over a period of time, not in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel the same way. You get stuck in those, like, high school mindsets, those younger mindsets, and it's, like, impatience. Like, go, go, go. I need this mm-hmm. right now. I need this right now. But when you get into that adult mindset, it's a lot more about, okay, I can get where I want to be two to three years from now. But right now I have to focus on what I'm doing for right now so mm-hmm. I can get to that point. You know what I'm saying? That's the like, maturity aspect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you perfectly described that. Yeah. That, that's, just where, that's just where I'm at now, in a, in a sense, like, moving back home just slow it down a little bit Mm -hmm. back then it felt rushed Mm -hmm. and i think things need to happen more naturally then it works out better 
for like mm-hmm. everybody, especially yourself. When you rush it, things are gonna fall through. You're not gonna have something. You're not gonna have something right. You're gonna hurt somebody. Whatever. And then yeah. it's it's gonna be on your conscience. And then down the road, it'll catch up with you, and end up, you know, falling through. Well, Wolf, it was great to have you on. Um, I don't know. Um, to wait, cutting me off already. With <laughs> uh, you know. uh, to conclude, um, yeah. for the people listening to this who are about to graduate or mm-hmm. just like in college, oh. worrying about oh, after I graduation, know com- I know what's coming right now. What is the best advice you would give them? Uh, yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> hmm. Pitbull's even looking at me right now. He's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Dale. Um, I don't want to be cliche. We're full of cliches on this show. Yeah, it's okay. okay. Hmm. I don't know. Me and Cicely are pretty corny. You got it. Okay. (laughs) One of my favorite things is just about getting out of your comfort zone, which is what we just kind of talked about recently, a little bit ago. Getting, Getting out of that zone... Your comfort zone is one of the best things that you could probably ever do for yourself. Making sure that may, no, that helps you grow as a person and changes your mindset and all around. I don't know. I feel like that's what leads you to being a better person. You see more, you experience more. I think, I think that's a lot of what life is about, seeing all different types of perspectives and experiencing more. That, But that doesn't start until you get out of your comfort zone. And another thing, always continue to educate yourself. Because after college, what are you really learning? That's great advice. Um, There's this quote I'm trying to think of. It's something like, um, if you're in your comfort zone, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. So you have to get uncomfortable in order to grow. So I think that's great advice. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. I yep. learned so much, and I hope this is value to people who are worried for after graduation and looking to take those next steps. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say? Um, well, good to see you, Wolf. We miss you a lot. I love you guys. Great to see you doing well, too, of course. Yeah. And I feel like you're a shining example of somebody who's just kept going and just didn't give up on yourself, even after yeah. things went wrong for you. Yeah. And I think that's why it was important to have you on today, yeah. just because... There are a lot of people out here struggling. I myself am struggling to mm-hmm. figure out what I'm going to do once I finish. But there's yeah. hope out there, and you are a shining example Thank of that. Thank you. I'm excited to see what your future has. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Um, I don't I don't really have any closing remarks. Love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on, of course. Yeah.